welcome to Virginia Outdoor Adventures podcast. We bring outdoor adventure stories and recommendations from athletes, conservationists, authors, park guides, community leaders, and local business owners from across the Commonwealth. I'm your host, Jessica Bowser. Linda and Mandy are empowering the wiser female adventurer by building an inclusive community of women who are connecting with the outdoors to support physical and mental health. She Ops Out is an organization providing a safe space for women to venture outside together. Group hikes, workshops, and partnerships with local nonprofits all focus on recharging in nature while giving back to the community. Let's go. Linda and Mandy, welcome to Virginia Outdoor Adventures. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Thank you, Jessica. So excited to have you. What do you love about Virginia's outdoors? Me, I just like, is it, you know, I get to be out in the woods like I was a lot when I was growing up. And uh, I just like the diversity of going either to the river or into the onto the trails or to a lake. There's just a lot to do. Yeah, I would second that. Also, well, I grew up in Virginia, but and I also spent a lot of time outside as a kid. But we have such a diverse and eclectic group of scenery or whatever, whether it's the arts, whether it's um, the outdoors, everything to do around Richmond. Um, like you said, lakes, rivers, not too far from the ocean, lots of different landscapes to explore. The two of you teamed up and formed this wonderful organization called She Ops Out. And I'm really excited to talk about that today. How, how do you two know each other? How did you get together to form She Ops Out? Well, um, I, own, I own a personal training studio and Manny is one of my coaches there. And we've been friends for a long time. And it was like, clients would ask us, well, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, we went for a hike. Well, where'd you go? And we would tell them where we'd go. And they're like, oh, well, where's that? And I'm like, it's like in the city. It's not that far. And they, oh, I've never heard of it. And mm-hmm. so they just got kept asking us questions and I kept wanting to know where we were going. And so we decided why not have them join us? Yeah, we um, like Linda said, we've been friends for a long time. We've known each other for about 13 years going on more, but health and fitness is a big part of our lifestyle. And we really take a holistic approach in our own lives, as well as with our friends and clients and our family. So um, being outside is a huge component of that. So it's just really how we refill and recharge and recenter, get more creative. Uh, So that's part of the balance of our own personal lives. So like she said, we've been hiking partners for a long time and they were really curious about, well, where did you go? And it was really started as we wanted to incorporate it as part of that holistic health approach. Um, and also we found that a lot of women were encouraged by what, where we were going and curious, even mm-hmm. though Richmond's a big city, it's also a small town. And so there are so many different trails. So what is it about She Ops Out that's different from other hiking groups? Well, it's all women mm-hmm. for one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's open to everyone, all, all abilities. And I think it's just people know that they, when they come to hike with us, that they're in a safe spot and we're there um, to make sure they have a good time and that they're going to get a good hike in, not have to worry about the details of if they get lost or where the trail goes or any of that. So we kind of take out that factor a little bit, that fear factor of, you know, where they need to go, where they need to park, who else is going to be there? Can they bring a dog? Is it going to be, what's the terrain like? What's the weather conditions like? Um, and then they just know they're going to come there and we've already always staked out the route first. We prepare them with what to expect as far as elevation, 
what they need to bring, but also it's a great opportunity just for women who are, have a lot in common to get together and have an opportunity to bond and converse outdoors. You said the group is open to anyone. Is there a particular person that you're trying to attract to your outdoor hikes? Not, I, yeah, I'd say yeah, not, not really. I mean, no. we're, we have a, like I said, a, um, it's very inclusive and it's very non-threatening, I guess. We're, we're very laid back. We have women who've brought, I mean, friends, mothers, daughters. A lot of different age groups. Yeah, um, different ages. For my studio, um, our demographic is somewhere around, you know, 40 plus. Uh, so yes, we have a lot of women that are that age just because we have a lot of clients come out, which is great because that age group, I think, feels somewhat reluctant to come out by themselves and go for a hike um, or they have never done it before and they would rather do it with people that they know and trust. But we've also had 20 year olds and children that have come yeah. with their parents or their mothers. So it's been great. It's, it's, it's fun to kind of have all age groups there. Plus we kind of uh, felt like, well, since we're 40 plus in our own right, uh, that wiser female adventurer, quote unquote, that we have sort of encompassed or embraced is because that is us as well. Our children are grown, mine are, mine are teenagers, but she has three grown daughters. Um, and a lot of our, they're not even members, but all our friends who join us for the She Ops Out, uh, they're at a different stage in their life. They have either raised their families, they're full-time working, or maybe they're semi-retirement, or they've got grown children or grandchildren, or they're aging to that bracket where they have more free time and they have more time for themselves and they want to connect a little bit differently and explore the outdoors. They have more of an opportunity to do that now and expand on maybe what they had wanted to do, but really just didn't have time to put themselves in that bracket yet. I love that endearing term, the wiser female adventurer. <laughs> when I first saw that on your website, I thought that was so cool. But I also really connected to it because I have so many friends who would fit in that category. Mm -hmm. And these are, are folks who have not really spent time outside for most of their lives. And now they're looking to do that, but they're not quite sure how to do that. So do you, do you come across a lot of people like that? And do you feel like that that is becoming more common, especially now? I mean, I feel like lately there's been more and more people who are looking to get outside who haven't done so before. Absolutely. I think one, COVID had a lot to do with it because um, we couldn't do anything else. But it also, I think with the whole science behind what how nature is so good for us mentally, not only physically, but also mentally, I think a lot of these people were helping, it was helping them reduce their anxiety mm -hmm. or their stress. So getting outside was one way they knew that was an easy way to do that. So I think that was helpful. I think just making sure that they had a safe place, I think is, is um, another reason we, why we have that group um, because that, you know, we're in that age group because they, they can see who we are and what we look like. We're not 20 years old. And so they, I think they can kind of relate to us or we can relate to them. And so it makes it easy for them to say, Oh yeah, we'll try them out. Plus we yeah. started having more opportunity and more time together to get out and do these things. So, you know, we talk about what's the best hiking boot, what kind of gear do we take? Like, so when they have questions and they're new to this, then we can kind of say, well, this works for us, but this is, these are great sites to go to or local businesses to support that you can go in and they're very helpful. Um, kind of gives them a good, good starting point. So what was the response to forming She Ops Out? Did it start with just your clients who got excited about it and then the word spread and it got bigger or what, what happened when you decided to form this group? Well, we had a natural circle of our 
family group with our, her studio, our family clientele, but it really wasn't designed for that purpose. It was really designed as a community approach to all women around the area, not limited to Richmond. Uh, we have done most of our hikes here in Richmond, but she and I hike outside of Richmond very often. And we hope pre-COVID had planned to do some retreats, which is still on our radar and that's in the works. So, uh, but there's very different um, abilities as well for different trails. So we're kind of exploring that. But we did initially, like I said, want to gravitate to include the outdoor space as part of this approach. Like we said, encorpses, like Linda mentioned, reducing your anxiety, reducing your stress levels, coming to full circle with your overall health and well-being. So yeah, it was a natural thing for us to do, but our members at the studio and our friends there were really excited about it at first because they really wanted to get on board with it. But it was great because then they would invite their friends and we had a whole new opportunity to meet some incredible women. It's just, yeah, just kind of spurred after, um, you know, we had a bunch of clients and they talk about it and they're like, Oh, and then they, they would tell their friends like, or they share it at at church or whatever. And they're like, Oh, you have to come to do this. And then they'd start tagging people on, um, you know, as soon as we post something for the next month, they're like, Oh yeah, you got to do this. This is the group I was talking about. So just kind of, kind of spiraled from there. And then Jessica, you know, too, when you meet people who have the same interests or think same things in common, especially the outdoors here, there are so many people who really have a passion in protecting the environment and protecting our, our parks and lands. And you sort of come into contact with each other and they're like, oh, that's awesome. You know, I might not be able to do that, but I'm going to share it with somebody who I think would love that, you know, right. so that's kind of another thing that evolved. And isn't that how we met through somebody somebody else who has a passion for the outdoors? Do you want to mention who that is? Give them a shout out. Absolutely. I think we have a couple people in common. Actually, we have uh, Brian Bell with Keep Virginia Cozy. And then Caitlin, the design punk, I think was also another person that connected us initially too. that you had met when you came, I think, to do a cleanup with uh, Keep Virginia Cozy. So you actually came to Richmond for one of those events. Yep. And as circles have it, we were connected. That's right. Brian Bell was the very first guest on Virginia Outdoor Adventures many months oh, ago. Really? So I yeah, I was really excited to have him on and to find out about all the amazing work that he's doing. And in fact, you all are, have gotten really involved with Keep Virginia Cozy. Yeah, yeah definitely. We're we, super excited about that. Yeah, we just uh, we're on the, the board for them that they've just created this new board of directors and it's pretty fun. Uh, yeah, there's about our- nine or 10 amazing individuals yeah. in this area. And uh, we were fortunate, fortunate enough to be asked by Brian. And so we're excited to have an opportunity to uh, support him and see how he continues to unfold. Right. Well, for the listeners who maybe haven't listened yet to Brian Bell's episode, do you want to give a quick summary? Since since you're the new board member, is you should be advocating for the organization. Do you want to let folks know what it's all about? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, Brian founded Keep Virginia Cozy, I believe, over a little over three years ago, and they he is just instrumental. I say they because he's the first. He's not going to take full credit himself. He surrounds himself with some amazing people, but a lot of volunteers started out to come out to, you know, pick up litter in different areas and keep our uh, communities litter free and clean so that people have an opportunity to really appreciate the outdoors and just have an opportunity to give back and get together with that sense of community and have an opportunity to collaborate and spend a fun morning outside doing giving good, giving back. So he... Actually, I think he was trying to tally up how many pounds of litter yep. overall since he began. 
And you'll be seeing that coming out on his website and social media. But yeah, feel free. We would love for you to follow Keep Virginia Cozy on Instagram as well as Facebook because they're always doing something. Um, Wednesday Wildlife, pop-up cleanups. Trashy Tuesday. Trashy Tuesday. And then he's got a few more coming up. And then some events coming up for um, Earth Day in April. And not to keep plugging Brian, but I will because he's getting ready to go out on the AT and just adventure there. So we're excited to follow him and report back to SheOps Out crew and let people know where he's at and what he's doing. He's always somewhere doing something super fun. Well, and it's funny because he'll text me randomly. He's like, hey, I'm on this hike. And I thought about something else that would work great for you guys. (laughs) So he's always being creative and always thinking. So I love that. Well, being outside helps you do your best thinking. (laughs) Yeah. He was explaining to me the um, the way that he keeps track of how much trash they've actually removed because he has to he has to quantify it for a lot of the grants that they receive for the organization. So he actually weighs the trash. And so at one point when I talked to him, he told me how many pounds it was. And I'm not going to remember offhand, but it's just mind blowing. Right. Exactly. I mean, from Richmond Parks, but then also he goes up to like Shenandoah National Park and does trail maintenance up there, too. And he's installed trash cans and you know, he weighs every piece of trash. It's just, it's crazy. I just yeah. can't believe how much he's well, done. And I, I think what's really important too, about that is a lot of people, first of all, the amount of people that come out just to support this cause and to support this nonprofit is impressive and overwhelming. And that's really what he wants to have faces out there and build a sense of community. But also memberships is really important. You know, a donation is really important because it helps him be able to fund. And, you know, he's been supplying masks and gloves and bags and things like that for people who maybe just show up and don't have them on hand. Yeah, I can't say enough about that. Right. He just just recently um, has different chapters of Trashy Tuesday, I believe. Uh, so that's awesome is that it's not just in the Richmond area anymore. He's got, I think, Charlottesville and expanding out and maybe Virginia beach, I think were the other one. So he's, you know, trying to make this a a bigger platform, which is amazing. Yeah. Well, community is the name of the game and Brian is excellent at that. And you two are both really excellent at that. She opts out is all about community as well. Absolutely. Yeah. We love that. We're fortunate. Yes. So what's the main reason why women join your group events? I think the biggest reason is one, they didn't know that the trails exist in Richmond, Virginia. Um, And also that, they can, if they want to come by themselves, then they know that they're not hiking by themselves. So they feel like, you know, I have a lot of women who have said to me that I'd love to go hiking on the weekends, but I, I, I'm afraid to go by myself. So this way that gives them the opportunity to, you know, meet new friends and find a new trail and um, actually have fun and enjoy it. Yeah, we are fun. So we do have a lot of fun, <laughs> but uh, um, we, I can't, I mean, it's, it's exciting to see. We usually And again, I say usually because COVID kind of threw us for, you know, a zinger last year. So we're really looking forward to getting back out there with our friends. But pre-COVID, we would gather and wait, you know, have a central location to meet up, drop a pen so everybody knew how to get there. They have access to our cell phones. They can text us if they're running late, whatever. And then the fact that Linda and I work together too, if a couple people are straggling behind, maybe they got a little bit lost or whatever, she can head out with the group. We've already previewed the trail. We both know where we're going. I can catch us up. We can all have another central meeting point. So, but I love it when we have our faces who bring new friends and also like Linda said, it might be one individual who shows up and I'm like, how cool is that? Like, she doesn't know anybody there, but she's going to show up. And when I'm like, she ups out, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, all right, you're with us, you know? And then we had one, oh, yeah. we had one time when we were 
this lady was on the trail by herself. Yeah. And she's like, who are you guys? We're like, you want to hike with us? She's like, sure. Yeah. And it was great. We just, we just kind of picked up a straggler along the way. It was awesome. Yeah. It was very cool. So just drag them all in. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I think she even had flip-flops on. We're like, you can do this. It's okay. (laughs) Oh no. See, that is one of my biggest pet peeves. I'm like, really? (laughs) Who comes out for a hike in flip-flops? Like, I don't know. I would hope it's the first and last time that they decide Uh, to hike in flip-flops. I think we we made it pretty clear that flip-flops were not the appropriate Sure. Attire. Yes. (laughs) So speaking of equipment and considerations and safety and things like that, what are some of the things that you tell the people who come on your group as far as how to be prepared? And then also, I assume you also help them get prepared to do hikes by themselves at some point, if that's what they want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Generally when, you know, like she said, we will preview the, the hike. So we know how long it's going to be, if they need, should bring water, elevation, uh, what the elevation gains are. If, you know, if, if, if we feel like that someone is their ability to hike is not strong enough to do some of the hikes, we'll just say, Hey, this probably isn't a good one for you. But as far as uh, we'll, we'll explain to them, it, you know, what type of uh, backpack they should have if they're going on their own and what, need it. what should be in it, like their top 10 things that uh, every day hiker should have. We also make sure that, um, you know, they have a map so everybody knows. Or you're with somebody who has or has a map. Yeah. So you make sure that they are safe that way. I was going to say the other thing too, is that since we do preview the hikes, weather's always a component. So if we know when we hiked it within a week that we may have different, um, you know, rain coming in or whatever. So we'll approach it that way, but also the elevations, like Linda said, if somebody maybe has a knee issue chronically, and we know that that certain elevation is not going to be good for them. We usually try and pick routes where there's a halfway point that they can then take a, you know, a crossover and meet up with us at another trailhead. Um, or that it gives them a loop to go around so that they don't have to go as far. So we try and have different options so that when people meet us, so sometimes too, they don't have time like a, for a two hour, three hour hike. So they're like, I have to be at my kid's game at this time. I've got to do this with a friend later. So we're like, all right, you have this much time. So why don't you take this route? And this is where, you know, you download that and maybe they take a friend with them to do it that route too. So they're with us for part of the way. But the biggest thing is when we tell them, you know, to prepare to come to our hike, bring water, yeah. wear decent shoes. If you need layers. bug spray or whatever. Yeah. Depending on the weather, if you have layers and uh, just be smart about what you're wearing, don't, you know, cotton kills during the winter and stuff like that. You know, and then we talk about also uh, not leaving a, tra- uh, you know, don't leave, a trace. leave no trace, big leave no trace. Yeah. What are, so leave no trace is really important, but a lot of people don't know what it is. Like they hear leave no trace Mm -hmm. and they have an idea, but they don't actually know. What are some of the principles that you think are important for people to know about leave no trace? Well, if you pack it in, pack it out, first of all. And also we did have, uh, Brian and Caitlin was part of the leave no trace. They did an awesome leave no trace workshop and talk for our members. So we've definitely touched a lot about that. I mean, the one that I think sticks out mostly for me is if you can leave a footprint, then you're leaving a trace. So um, if it's muddy, you shouldn't be walking or biking on it. Yep. Uh, so stay off Leave the it trails. how you found it. Yeah, exactly. Don't pick up rocks or, you know, goodies off the trail because, uh, or pick flowers or whatever, because other people want to enjoy it, enjoy it too. And it needs to stay on the trail the way it was. 
Yeah, those are all, all things that are really important to remember, especially now as parks can feel and trails can feel really overwhelmed with the amount of people that are using mm-hmm. them lately. Um, I've noticed a big change in a lot of outdoor spaces that I go to regularly as far as finding trash on the ground or I know um, just things being trampled more than usual. And I'm sure that you've seen that too. Yeah, stick or even it, stick in the trail. people with dogs and not, you know, taking not the bag out up. with them and that kind of thing. It's just... Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have any favorite trails either in Richmond or outside the Richmond area? I mean, our listeners in this podcast are not all Richmond based. So if you have yeah, of course. trails in other areas that you would recommend, what would those be? Well, we definitely love our trails here locally. So if we can't go for a drive or a overnight, James River Park Systems, we've got the Buttermilk Trail, we've got Forest Hill. Yeah. Texas Beach. Yeah. I, I really Belle Isle. I really enjoy um the buttermilk because we can you you have so many options. Like if I want to go for 30 minutes, I can do a loop that way. If I want to go for five miles, I can add on it to this way. If I want to go 10 miles, I can do the whole thing. So, you know, it's, I love that part that I, it just depending on what I have or how much time I have or um, what the weather is. Other ones around this, the city. We typically like to go wintergreen Charlottesville area. We actually are looking at part of the AT towards Maryland ish. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different ones, but we really have explored mostly the Shenandoah area, Charlottesville and Wintergreen, Nelson County area. Doyle's Falls was probably one of our favorite ones this past We like a lot of scrambling. Some bouldering is always fun. And and I love elevation. Yeah. So I love to climb up. And so I'll I'll definitely find- like mountain I'll find find the path that has the most elevation. Yeah. 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 Do Do you use hiking poles? I'm just curious. We just started, actually. We started this year because we found that we were just going to go off and adventure a little bit differently with some other pretty significant elevations mm-hmm. and go for longer hours. Yeah. yeah. So we thought we should probably. I I don't use them for the ones around the city, but anytime I'm in the mountains, absolutely. Um, and I, every time I have it, when I get done, I'm like, why did I not have these, you know, a couple of years ago? Well, it took me so long because it has that stigma. Oh, you're old. You got to wear, you're using poles, you know, but they're amazing. I not mean, my signa. yeah, not um, my stigma. it makes me stand upright, you know, a little bit straighter and I'm not as fatigued and uh, it's definitely great for balance. Let's say help when you're hopping over the Creek side and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've gone back and forth about whether or not I wanted hiking poles for a long time or trekking poles, whatever you want to call them. Um, And I finally got a set or a pair, I suppose, uh, for Christmas this past year, but I have yet to use them because I haven't gotten out into any steep terrain and that's, you know, we'll send you some, some, Jessica, so you can get out and use them. (laughs) Yeah. You can join us for our next one when we do get out as a group again. Yeah. You know, I, so I've got them. They're in my trunk. I just need to actually remember to take them out and try right. them out when the exactly. first opportunity comes along. The, the first time I was in any sort of um, steep terrain, it was when it snowed. And so I had my snowshoes and I have a separate yeah. set of poles for right. the snowshoes that have the, I guess they're called buckets at the bottom. Uh, baskets. Baskets. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, baskets at the bottom. Right. Um, so those are a little bit different, but I have regular trekking poles that I need, that I need to try out. You're, in, you're inspiring me to finally pull them out of the trunk. <laughs> some some people, um, women in particular, I've heard use them if they're hiking by themselves just for distance or protection. I know that sounds crazy, but whether yeah. it's a dog or anything else, it kind of gives them a little barrier between them and something else that they can feel make you more bigger. 
you know, you can click them. And so, yeah, that's true. And, you know, I think it's worth noting that there are specific trekking poles for women. Like you don't want to just yeah, buy yeah, a yeah. random pair. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm not sure all of the, the differences, but I know like weight is one of them. The height is another one. I think the grip can be different grip, on them. Yep, yep. Right. Anything that I'm forgetting? No, no I, I think, think yeah, I, like we have, um, most people have adjustable ones, but they have some that like break down in half. But um, yeah, it's just depending on what brand and what's easy. I mean, it's easy to, to put them in to make them smaller or shorter. So it's not a problem, but the grip I think is huge. Um, a lot of people don't use the straps, which are super important. Um, it makes a huge difference when you use the strap correctly. Talking and, about me? Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and then the different grips. Um, I like the cork grips cause it eventually the cork will, um, mold to your hand. Oh, is that what it does? So yeah. I've, I've heard the cork grips are better, but I didn't yeah. understand why I thought it had something to do with sort of like the absorption and yeah. also like when your does. hand sweats. Yeah. yeah it's part of, that. part of that. Okay. But it's also yeah. that it, it'll start to form your hand, which is awesome. So tell me about the straps because somebody else that I spoke to told me never to put the straps around my wrist. Cause she said, if you fall like something about the, um, if the strap oh. is around your wrist, when you fall and you catch yourself with your hand that you could snap your wrist. Have you heard that? No, I grew up skiing and I, I used to ski race and we were, you know, you learn to put the straps on They're They're on the re- there for a reason, not for you when you fall and you lose your, your pole. That's not the reason. The reason they're there is it helps you keep okay. your hand in the correct position. So you loop it in through the bottom and then put your thumb over the top. So if you do fall, it should fall correctly that you're not going to, I mean, you st- if you're going to fall, you're going to bring your arm down anyway. You may snap your wrist anyway, if you had the pole or not, but um, it's there to kind of catch you and balance you a little bit better. Hmm. Learning something new every day. Yeah. <laughs> At least that's what it was for skiing. And I've, I've come up, I mean, it feels so natural for me to have it in the straps in and it, it feel, I feel a lot stronger when I have them in more secure, more secure, more secure, more yeah. secure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you for the piece of advice there. I'm going to remember that next time or first time I actually use yes. trekking poles. <laughs> so uh, back to trails, uh, you all in Richmond are really lucky with the James River system down there. Every time that I stay in town, if I have to be in town for meetings or conferences or something, I'm usually downtown and I can like walk right out of my hotel room yeah. and right down to the canal walk or the riverfront and right. be in green space. And I see people down there all the time. Some of them are fishing, some are bird watching, some are jogging, some are you know, playing ball or like whatever it is that they're doing, running, um, climbing, even I see people climbing. And I just think like how, how amazing in an urban area like Richmond to have all of these fantastic trails. Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, that's why Richmond was voted as, you know, one of the favorites active river cities uh, because there is so much to do. And it's, it's funny because like when we were starting she ups out that was um, the main reason is nobody when, knew about these yeah places. people just people live here their their whole life and they're like i never knew this was here i mean and that's the beauty of for me it's like i can go out same thing i can get in my car i'm five minutes away get on the buttermilk and i feel like i'm not in richmond i feel like i'm in the mountains i'm on a trail i'm in green i can get away from everything plus and- we do keep our poles and our boots or sh- hiking shoes in our car. So if we ever are coming home and it's like, it is so nice out right now. Like, let's just go like, let's just point A to point B. Don't even, 
And there's a lot of variety. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a couple of state parks here also like uh, Pocahontas and Powhatan. So, so we can get out and, um, mm-hmm. and hit those trails. They've got a lot of trails there too. So it's, there's a lot. Plus to we're do. not meeting as a group. People still reach out and say, Hey, this is where I'm going to be this weekend. Where, what hikes do you recommend? I'm like, Oh, okay. So we pull up where we've been or we can say, send them like a snapshot or, like all trails link or whatever, right to it. So they can see all the um, reviews and Mm -hmm. um, elevations for themselves. So that's always fun too. Definitely doesn't, oh, we love to be a resource as well. So we just, you know, you said sense of community, whether you've hiked with us or whether you've never hiked with us, it's your first time or your 10th or 100th time. We just love to share the information. You know, another resource that your members might find really useful is um, the book, 60 Hikes Within 60 Miles yeah, yeah, Richmond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I had the author of that book on Virginia Outdoor Adventure. We saw that and I'm like, that that's amazing. He was at a signing, uh, but we, yeah, we definitely have the book and keep that on hand for yeah. sure. Oh, so have you met Phil? His name is Phil Reagan. And I have not met fantastic. him. No, okay. I plan to, hope to, so yeah. He is fantastic and he knows everything there is to know about the trails that he wrote in the book because he had to do a ton of research to, you know, to come up with the best trails. And he talked about how difficult it was, but 60 miles outside of Richmond covers a lot of territory. So it's not just Richmond. You've got Fredericksburg and got all the way down to Williamsburg and Charlottesville and down south to Petersburg. It's just, it's a huge circle around the city that you can actually get to pretty quickly in most cases. So you all are in close proximity to so many different things. And that book is just a wonderful resource. And the way he splits it up is super um, user-friendly for people to be able to know like how long it will take you to get there, what the parking situation is. Do you have to pay for anything? Um, You know, what's the terrain like all of everything thing that you could possibly need to know he's done the research on and includes in the definitely book. a great resource yeah for I, sure i've definitely used that for some of the hikes that we have used for mm-hmm. she ops out it was like i'm like oh you know because i know the ones we always go to but it's like okay here's some different ones and mm-hmm. i'm like oh yeah oh wow he tells me everything i need to know in here yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Like to, we have our favorites but we we really like to explore and go someplace we haven't done like you said elevation's always great for us we ha- do consider uh, our demographic for Sheops Out and who wants to participate and where. Like I said, that's why we come up with the different options. But we do like to get on a good mountain when we can. So- right. Let's talk about your podcast because you are also podcasters. It's not just me. <laughs> she ups out, has her own podcast, and I'm really excited about it for a lot of different reasons. When I considered uh, starting my own podcast, I was looking to see what was already out there that might be similar to the idea that I had for what I wanted mm-hmm. to do. And not only was there really not much out there for what I was interested in doing, I couldn't help but notice that there were almost no female podcasters in the outdoor industry. I was listening to podcasts by guys who certainly not going to say who, but some of them just weren't any good. And yet they were getting huge ratings and reviews. And I'm listening to it thinking this is garbage. And this person's getting all these rating and reviews, like positive ratings and reviews. And why, you know, what is it about what these people are doing? That's, that's making it so popular. And I still don't have the answer to that. I'll be honest. Other dudes that are listening. Other dudes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, (laughs) when you're a dude podcasting, you're promoting your friends and people, you know, so all of the guests on the show, 
were more guys their age doing the same thing that they were doing. And right. there really wasn't any variety. It was sort of the same thing, you know, every single episode. And um, so for me, not only did I feel like there was so much more to tell, especially here in Virginia, where there's such an amazing community and a very diverse community. And I wanted Absolutely. to provide a platform for people to tell those stories, um, but also for people to hear women participating in the outdoors. And so I'm doing it. You two are doing it. Do you want to talk a little bit about why you started your podcast and what it's about? Well, to your point, I think that it's very important for women to have a voice in any platform. And I think oftentimes uh, women from all different ethnicities, backgrounds, social, economic, all all the different platforms can be overlooked and feel that maybe they've been silenced at times. And so for us to be able to take this to a podcast platform is great too, because we have a broader audience to kind of reach other than just getting together for hikes and having an opportunity to talk together and um, have that sense of community, but also to share our experiences with these friends and other women and kind of bring that to the surface as well and be a resource and touch on some subjects that maybe we haven't had at length to talk about when we gather to hike or when we could just meet face to face for any other purpose. I also think that a lot of times, like you were saying, you, you couldn't find any podcasts with women. I think a lot of women are feeling the same thing. It's like, yeah, I hike, but I'm, I'm not that dude. I'm not, you know, this guy, I'm not this 20 year old. I know there's a big population of women that are starting to get outside and they don't know where to turn and they need to feel like, oh, well, they seem safe. They seem uh, like they're not judgmental. They're, they've started where we did. You know, they, it's not like I was hiking when I was four or, you know, it's like some of these people, I just started, we just started hiking together lately, later in life. And so it's kind of familiar to them too. It's like, oh, that they can see themselves in us. And so I think it makes it easier for them to want to listen. And then when we can help them, see the other parts of the industry that are so male dominant, we can bring a female side to that and feel like, you know, they're, they're getting their voice. You know, we're helping them give a female voice to the outdoor industry. Or maybe they have been hiking all along, but like you said, it's a male dominated platform and they haven't had someone they can relate to or identify with. And so that's where we kind of come in and try and make that full circle. Right. And there are some great resources out there aside from podcasts. There are some wonderful Facebook groups that are Virginia specific towards women hiking. There are podcasts that are, they're, they're not specific to any locality or um, region, but focus on women getting in the outdoors that are really excellent. And I find myself listening to those a lot because I want to hear what other women are doing and I want to hear what they're saying about their experiences. And they talk about things that you are not going to hear about (laughs) anywhere else. Uh, And so it's really great to have that as a resource. So I would encourage people to look for those look for and support all of those podcasts because this is a tough job. I'm going to tell you, this is (laughs) people think podcasting is as simple as just recording what you have to say and putting it out there for the world to consume. And that is like the, that is the most watered down version of what creating a podcast is. It's, it's surprisingly a lot of work if you want to do it well. Um, And so please do support the women who are out there and all good podcasters who are, who are, who are providing the service for you. And then of course the groups too. So, you know, Mm -hmm. do look up those Facebook groups where you can 
post your questions and meet up with folks who are like you and, and wanting to do similar activities out, Absolutely. outdoors. What keeps you motivated to continue adventuring outdoors and encouraging others to do the same? I think uh, there's always a new trail to hike. So for me, it's like there's always a new place to go. So I'm, I'm willing to explore anything and try something new. I also love to just be outside. So it's kind of fills my bucket, keeps me creative and recenters me and life is busy. And we have definitely been through some crazy stressful times in the last couple of years and you could be even longer and there's always going to be challenges in our lives. And I think that the more opportunity we have to either be outside and refill ourselves or be outside and gather together with friends or people who, yeah. And just unplug, you know, we're always in front of our devices these days. I don't even watch the news, but when it's on, it's, you know, that can spark some anxiety or stress in our lives and we're all going to be worrying about something. So it's really nice to unplug, disconnect, take some deep breaths, you know, listen to the breeze and find another way to channel ourselves. So before we get to the closing questions, how can listeners find you either online or find your podcast? What's the best way for people to connect with you? Um, the easiest way really is either on Instagram or Facebook. We're at SheUpsOut. SheUpsOut.com is our website. We update that with our local hikes or events. We post on Instagram and on Facebook pretty regularly. Yeah, we're tagged personally, mostly on our yeah. group stuff. So you can connect with both of us there should you need to reach out. Our phone numbers are also, and our email is also on the website. So feel free to reach out if you have any questions and hopefully we can have you join us at our next, next event. Our next hike. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. I will put your website and all of your handles in the show notes so that Thanks. listeners can scroll down to the bottom and click on it and go right to where you are. Perfect. Thank Yay. you. Yeah, absolutely. So closing questions, and I'm really excited to hear what you, what you're going to share. What is one piece of gear you can't live without? Mine would probably be an extra layer hmm. of clothing. Always. I get cold easily. <laughs> I can always, I always have like a thousand layers on it seems, but I always have an extra one in my bag, either if it's like a really lightweight rain, rain jacket or an extra thermal or something. Always extra clothing. Who carries those extra layers? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Did you get that, Jessica? <laughs> um, Using my poles. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, if we're hiking in a day, if she has water, I usually carry the day pack. So um, yeah, she's a layer girl. I'm more of a water girl. I guess water would be the main thing. I get hot very easily. So I don't need as many layers. And sometimes when I've layered up, I'm like, good God, I did not think of this properly. So, so your, your favorite piece of gear is water? Water. Outside of that, a couple places I always tease her because I've had the bear spray in my day pack. So mm -hmm. we've hiked in Asheville. We've hiked in certain bear country. Only seen one, um, but we've never had to use it. So I just like to have it. But you only have to be faster than one person or, you know, bigger, louder. So that's what all the stickers say, all the bumper stickers right? <laughs> about running and leaving your friend to get attacked. By the I, bear. I wouldn't leave her. <laughs> and at this point she might outrun me. So we're good. 
Okay. Yeah. So uh, the bears in Virginia are pretty tame. Black bears are pretty laid back unless you really spook them or get, get in between a mom and her cubs. But do you yeah. have the bear spray that looks like the old um, Aquanet hairspray can that's like super huge? I guess it fits sure right. Do. It fits right in my side pocket on my on my day pack. But we hike so much in uh, wintergreen area and Ellisford too. So there's certain times a year they're active. Fortunately, knock on wood, we haven't seen them anywhere except for um, the Carolinas. So, but he was hungry. Yes. He was just looking, but yes, that's the can. <laughs> what, do you have a better one? No, I'm looking for a better one. That's oh, okay. the thing. Like every time I look at it, I'm thinking to myself, really, I have to carry this thing. It's like it's also good. You know, it's a good deterrent for if you're by yourself on the trail too. It's always nice to have a beer spray it's in, not case, heavy. in case intruders come that you unwanted intruders. Yeah. It's, not I, heavy. it's like a lot of layers. Yeah. I will say that I did add mace to my pack for the first, oh, or no, pepper spray. I guess it's not spray. mace, okay. it's pepper spray. Um, and that's a little keychain sized uh, bottle that is super easy to just grab right off your belt and use. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been hiking for, I don't know, 15 years around here or something. I've seen many, yeah. many, many, many bears and I've never felt unsafe or threatened or had an encounter that made me worried. I mean, they just go about their business and yeah. You're not bothering them. They're not going to bother you. So bears are the least of my worries. It's okay. I'm looking more for snakes than I am anything else. Uh huh. Yeah. That that's different. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of things to just be aware of, but also to realize are not out to get you. (laughs) We're in their environment. So that's right. That's exactly right. The last question for today is what is your next big Virginia outdoor adventure? Where are we going? Yeah. Somewhere in the mountains for sure. Um, we have a couple things that I've looked ahead at, which we haven't really had a chance to discuss. There's part of the AT a little bit north of here that I'd like to to check out. And then back to the Shenandoahs. Got to love that area. And it's just beautiful, beautiful space. But anytime that we can get away at her being a small business owner, her individual business owner, she's working 24 seven mostly. So I usually say, Hey, time to hit the trail. Let's go away for a full day. Other than just a little excursion here locally, just get in the car and we'll drive for the day and hit a long hike. Or if we can take a, an overnight someplace and we'll do that and hike for a couple of days and just recharge and reset. So that sounds awesome. But the question is what, what's your favorite gear? Yeah. What about you, Jessica? My favorite. Oh my gosh. See, Besides you're going to put me on pole. the spots. Yeah. Well, the trekking poles are big. I don't know if you can consider a camera gear. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll take our camera too. Yeah. Camera is a big one for me because photography is my hobby and yeah. the cell phone cameras. I'm sorry. I don't care how good they've gotten. They are not the same as a camera. Well, what are you using? Are you using um, a- I have a, yeah, I have a Sony mirrorless uh, DSLR that I absolutely love. This is a huge plug for Sony right now. It's their Alpha 6300, which I think they, I think there is a more recent model out, but that one's a couple of years old, but I love, love, love that camera in ways that I can't even put into words. <laughs> it does right. so many amazing things and it's small and it's lightweight. So you're not carrying the yeah. big chunky, heavy camera. And I can actually, I have a clip that goes on my strap of my pack. Um, yeah, nice. 
Peak Designs makes it and you screw into the bottom of your camera one piece and then the other piece goes on your whatever you want. It could be your belt. It could be some other type of strap. I put it up near my shoulder and I just hook my camera into it so I don't have to carry it and I don't have to like take my whole pack off to dig it out. You know, it's just always right here. But yet my hands are free when I want them to be free. So it is the perfect setup for me and I absolutely love it. And I would never leave my house without it. In fact, one time one time I forgot it and I turned around and drove two hours out of my way to go back for my camera because I couldn't imagine being on the trip that I was going on and not having it with me. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, there's been times because we take, well, she in particular takes the camera usually, but there's been times where like, eh, we don't know if we want to take it this this long trek. Then we get out there, it's like, Mm, guess we won't make that same mistake. So yeah. 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 Well, so my theory or my feeling about it is when it's all said and done, sometimes the best memories you have are the ones that are in your camera. Right. And so there are oftentimes where I look back at pictures and, and there are wildflowers that I took a picture of, or a really weird looking tree or some other animal or insect or something that I came across that I would have completely forgotten about, you know, once I got, or had completely forgotten about once I gotten home. But if it weren't for the picture, it helps me remember, or I go back and I look at things that I hadn't paid attention to a long time ago, like wildflowers. And then I look and I'm like, oh, those were spring beauties, which I didn't know when I saw them, but I know now, and it's cool that I know what they are. So that's cool. Yeah. I like like that camera. Yeah. We'll have to get that. That might be our next investment there. Jessica, you have to send that to me. I will Um, absolutely send that to you. I may or may not almost have taken the bike over a bridge, taken action photos once upon a time, but you know, Oh, please don't do that. I don't want to hear about some fatal accident or some, no, no, <laughs> just a couple of bruises. Nobody was harmed. Great photos uh, though. <laughs> and your Good next trip. Know. Yeah. Where's your next trip? My next. Oh, so I'm going back down to Virginia beach. I'm going to be staying in a cabin at first landing state park. Yeah. 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 Um, I was actually down there not too long ago. I was looking for this very rare hummingbird that only lives in Mexico that made an appearance in Norfolk, just like totally randomly. And I was standing in this person's backyard for two days in a row waiting to see this hummingbird and it never showed up. Like it had been there for like the last week. And then the last time it had been seen was two hours before I arrived, never again. So yeah, so I was down in the meantime, I went looking for snow buntings at first landing state park. And I got there and somebody had let their dogs run loose across the dunes and the birds were, you know, scared away. And I missed that. And it just felt like everything I had gone down there to do, I had just missed. (laughs) So, so I am going back and, uh, and then in the spring, I'm also going to be going back to the Eastern shore. I was just there as well. Not too long ago. Um, Kip to Peak State Park, which if you haven't been there, you need to go. And and I got to tell you, like summer is probably, in my opinion, the worst time to be at the beach. Hot, humid, like mosquitoes the size of birds attacking you constantly. Like go this time of year where there's nobody around and it's absolutely gorgeous. And and you've got it. I think we were supposed to be at first landing last year, but a big rainstorm came in and it just was not going to be. I mean, it was torrential. wasn't even like a little bit. Yeah. So, well, yeah, what's nice about one. that this time of year, you've got the the cozy fireplaces. So I like that. you can't go outside. You've got everything you need inside the fireplace, the kitchen. Perfect. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Keep us posted on that. 
Will do. Linda and Mandy, thank you so much for joining me on Virginia Outdoor Adventures today. It was really fun to talk about She Ops Out and all the hikes that you all are doing, the community that you're building, your new podcast, so many exciting things. And please sign me up for your retreat. If you're going to have a retreat, Absolutely. I want to be the first person signed all up right. on the list. It's Done. in the works. We'll Done. contact Done. you and let you know. And we look forward to talking to you again very soon, Jessica. Thank you so much for having us on yeah, today. Thank you. If you enjoyed the show, please consider supporting us. Rate, review, and share with a friend. Follow us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you may listen to podcasts. Virginia Outdoor Adventures is hosted by me, Jessica Bowser. Cover art illustrated by Olivia Smith. Editing by Alexander Valencia. Executive production by Steph Garrett. We love to hear from our listeners. Contact us on our website, virginiaoutdooradventures.com. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, adventure on.